The following presentation was recorded live at the River Worship Center in Warsaw, Indiana. We now join the message already in progress. Welcome to the River Worship Center. Today, all around the country, all around the world, people are in fear. People are in fear from the COVID. But they shouldn't be in fear. Where's the mighty men of God casting out the fear? Because the Lord says, perfect love cast out all fear. And the Lord is perfect love. So I'm going to talk tonight. If you want to go with me, I'm going to be in Numbers 13 to start with. But I'm going to read from Kingdom Dynamics first. And it says, Joshua was continually faced with choices, and most of the decisions went against the popular opinion. Yet in each instance, he called upon the people to increase their faith in God's promises rather than look at the impossible circumstances. We don't need to look and see what the world's doing. We need to look into the house of God. We need to be in here. If you come to God, all things are possible. You want healing. You want, you want money. You want anything. You got healing. The Lord will do it. All things are possible through Christ. And I'm saying that people need to rise up. We need mighty men of God. And I'm going to talk about Caleb tonight. A mighty man of God. And in verse 1, Numbers 13, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving the children of Israel. For each tribe, their fathers, you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. So this wasn't just anybody going to land. Moses, God said, send out the leaders. So we need leaders to go forth into the, all the land. So Moses sent from the, from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of them men who were heads of the children of Israel. So these leaders were sent out into the land of Canaan to spy it out. And, and from the tr tribe of Judah was Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. And from the tribe of Ephraim was Hosea, the son of Nun. But if you go down to 16, these are the names of the men which Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Hosea, the son of Nun, Joshua. So Caleb and Joshua were part of the 12 that went out to spy out the land of Israel. And they went for 40 days, or Canaan, I'm sorry. They went and spied out the land. And they found that it was full of milk and honey. It was grapes. It took two men to carry them back. For 40 days, they spied it out. And they seen where there was giants in the land. They seen that, that the, there were, their houses were, were fortified. Their cities were fortified. But as, as uh, they came back to, and they reported to, to Moses, um, losing track here, um, then Caleb, the, they, they gave a fall, 10 of them gave a false report. They said, we should not go up there. They, they, they didn't give a false report. They said that they're giants. They're 10 foot tall. That, that we look like grasshoppers in their sight. 
And so the people, they were murmuring, they were talking, they were talking behind their back of Moses. They were, they were doing all kinds of things uh, behind their backs. And then Caleb quieted the people before Moses, I mean, verse 30, and said, let us go up at once and take possession for it, for we are well able to, to overcome it. Joshua and Caleb had a heart after God. And they knew the promises that they'd been promised because Abraham was promised the land of Canaan. So they were, they were ready and willing. They'd seen the crossing of the Red Sea. They'd seen the ten plagues. They'd seen Pharaoh's army destroyed by God. They'd seen water come from a rock. They seen all these things. They, they had belief. They had faith in God. It, it was the same thing that everyone else that went of the other ten tribes. They seen the same things. All of them had the same background. They were slaves. Not only were they slaves in Egypt, that they were under taskmasters, but the uh, Pharaoh wanted population control. So he was killing the young boys. He was killing the babies, all of them. Yet they lived through this. But as they were slaves, they were, how do I say it? Taskmasters were mean to them. They were downcast, low lives. This is the best way I can say it. But all, the, all 12 of them had the same choice. But only two of them had a heart after God. The other men who had gone up with him said we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we that's the other 10 they didn't have a heart after God but they they had the same background as Caleb and Joshua but they didn't follow in his suit and they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying the land through which we have gone as spies in the land that devours the inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. They're ten foot tall. They're giants. They were from the tribe of Anakin. And, and next verse tells you that we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in their sight. And so we were in their sight. Caleb and Joshua, both of them seen the same thing. But they were willing to go up. Go up against them. They knew that if God is on their side, how can they fail? They were bold. And, and, and if you think about it, well, let me go on before I get there. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried out, and the people wept that night. That's 14.1. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation sold, said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt or if only we had died in this wilderness they doing the same complaint they've done since they left Egypt all along they were complaining they were murmuring they were they were challenging God in every spot every step of the way and then they 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 murmured against God and they said why has the Lord brought us out in this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should become victims would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? They continually challenge God. They continually say, let's go back to Egypt. Well, God promised a promised land 
He promised them a land of milk and honey. Every place where Abraham put his foot, he was promised the land of Canaan. Caleb and, and Joshua both knew that that promise. And they wanted the, the land of Egypt. Uh, they wanted to be in the promised land. They didn't want to go back to Egypt and be slaves. And so, so they go on to say, so they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. It's a returning theme. They keep wanting to go back to Egypt, back into slavery, instead of freedom, because they didn't know what freedom was. But that's the way it is in the, United States, in, the, in the world today. They don't know what real freedom is. Come to the house of God. You'll find real freedom if you, really, if you put yourself out there 100%. Then uh, Moses and Aaron fell on their face before the assembly by the congregation of the children of Israel. They fell on their face to pray, to intercede. It's the intercession prayer works. They interceded for the people so they didn't get killed on the spot because God would have started over right then and there. But Joshua and the, the son of Nun and Caleb, the son of Jephonah, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And that's a sign of respect for God. They tore their clothes because they knew that they were doing something wrong. And they spoke to all the congregation, the children of Israel, saying, the land we passed through to spy out is exceedingly good land. It was the promised land. It was the land of milk and honey. The grapes, it took two men to carry a, one thing of grapes. It was beautiful. It was almost like a garden of Eden. And it says, uh, if the Lord delights us, then we will bring, bring us into the land and give it to us. The land which flows with milk and honey. If the Lord is with you, there's nothing that's impossible. You can do all things through Christ. He's the one that strengthens you. He's the one that gives you strength to do everything. In verse 9 it says, Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. For everything that they had, God was going to give them. Their houses, everything. It, it's they turned their back on what God was going to do for them. It was such a shame. And the protection had departed from them. God had taken away their protection. The people of Israel are God's chosen people. And they said, do not fear them. Although they might be giants, who is, who's, who's greater than the giants? God. God's more powerful than anything in this world. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle and the meeting before the children of Israel. God interceded because they were going to stone Moses. They were going to stone Caleb and Joshua. People don't realize that if God is with you or God is for you, there's nobody can be against you. You, you. you gotta stand up and walk tall, walk bold in the Lord. But think about this. Think about if God had let Caleb and Joshua stay 
camp outside the edge of the promised land. And then let them stay there. Who would have brought the Israelites to the, to the uh, promised land when Moses and Aaron died? Who's to say they wouldn't have gone back to Egypt because there would have been nobody to lead them? Or who would have been an example for the people? Who would, have, who would have been, who would they look up to? Who would the strong men be? I ask myself that. Sometimes we have to be, to be bold in the Lord. Sometimes we have to wait. And that's what it means sometimes to be bold in the Lord. You have to wait. Amen. I'm going to jump on to verse um, 20. Because, because of them complaining against the Lord, the Lord was going to destroy them. But Moses and Aaron, they, they interceded for God, or for the people, for God. An intercessory prayer. God was going to start over. He was going to wipe them all out. But here's what he did. He said, Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. But truly, as I live, the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all these men have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have put me into the test now these ten times, and have not heeded my voice. From the time they left Egypt, they tested Lord repeatedly. They said, Lord, give me meat. Lord, give me water. Why did you bring us out here to kill us in the desert? Ten times they were tested. Ten times they failed. They didn't heed the word of the Lord. Then they certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall they, any of those who reject me see it. So none of the persons, none of them were going to make it into the, to the, to land, the promised land. But the next verse, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, and has followed me fully. He had a heart after God. He, he had mighty men to watch. He's seen Moses with the ten plagues. He's seen Moses through God, God through Moses, part the Red Sea. He see Pharaoh's army destroyed. God destroyed them, but he's seen something in Moses that he wanted. He's seen the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Moses had to wear a veil, okay? But Caleb and Joseph, or Caleb and Joshua, they both wanted, they, they felt something different where the other two million people didn't see it. They didn't have a connection with it, and they all got destroyed in, in, the, uh, in the 40 years that they had to travel through the wilderness because they disobeyed God. It says in verse 29 that the carcasses of you who have complained against me shall, shall be in this wilderness. And all of you were numbered according to the entire number from 20 years old and above except Caleb the son of Jephonah, the son and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore to make you dwell in. 
but your little ones whom you said would be victims. I will bring in and they shall know that the land which you have despised. But as for you, your carcass shall fall in the wilderness. The Lord's not to be mocked. The Lord's not to be murmured against. He took their words and turned it around on them. They thought their children were going to be destroyed. But God saved their children. But everyone 20 years and older was destroyed in the wilderness. For 40 years, they had to walk through the de- in the desert. Now, you can imagine you're going through the desert. And you, you, there's a bunch of rebellion and stuff. But you never hear of Caleb or Joshua being on the wrong side. You can imagine Caleb and Joshua, they're, they're both wanting to be in the, in the presence of Moses because they see that the Holy Spirit is in, in him. You can see that there's a difference in this man. There's a kindred spirit in this, in this man. But for 40 years, they were in the desert. For 40 years, their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. But can you imagine Caleb? He had to bury his family. He had to bury his, his, his children. He had to bury friends. Two million people died in the desert. And if you go with me to Joshua 14, 6 and 15. 6, six to 15 is where I'm going to go. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, discerning you and me in Kadesh Barnum. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnum to spy out the land. And I was brought back, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Again, it was in his heart to follow the Lord. He wanted to go in the promised land. So many people, as I've heard here so many times, will miss heaven by this much because they try to think it in. You can't think. You're not smart enough to be as smart as God. God is always true. God is always right. (laughs) You, You just can't. You can't even be in the same category. It'd be like a little baby in a super genius and it wouldn't even it still wouldn't become close to what his knowledge is compared to us and it goes on to say uh, uh, nevertheless my brethren who went up with me and made the heart of the people melt the ten they were all destroyed by a plague by the way the ten that went against God I wholly follow the Lord my God if you're going to come to Christ and you want to be a mighty man of God, you want to walk tall, you want to be bold in the Lord, then you need to be in 100%. Not 99, not 80, 100% get into the Lord. And then you'll get bold. And you'll be able to do things. You'll be able to take a mountain at 85 years old, as you will soon see. But it goes on to say, uh, Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where you set your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Now, when God gives you a promise, 
God's going to give you a promise. God never lies. He always tells the truth. God gives you a promise. You will see it, and it will come through. And it says, And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive. And he said, These 40 years, 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word of Moses to Moses while Israel wandered the wilderness. And now, here I am this day, 85 years old. Now get this. He's been wandering around with Moses for 45 years. A man who was a slave, who was destined to be a slave his whole life. Now he's free. And now he's a, a leader, a leader in the tribe of Judah. It's awesome what God can do. He could take any situation you got, turn it around. On, you can be poor and then become rich. But first, you've got to go wholly into God. You've got to get commit yourself 100% to God. And it goes on to say, as yet I am strong as this day, as on the day Moses sent me. Just as the, my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. This man's 85 years old and he's got the strength of a 40-year-old. I want that. I want to be able to, 85 years old. Think about this. Moses, or Caleb's 85 years old. And he's been through the wilderness, he's been a slave most of his life. He could have said, uh, don't really want to climb up that mountain. Why don't you give me this valley over here so I don't have to climb so much. Don't have to work quite so hard. But, but Caleb, he didn't do that. Because he had the strength of a 40-year-old. If God is with you, he'll give you the strength to do anything you want to do. Everything he wants you to do. Not what I want to do, what he wants you to do. And it says, now therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in, the, in that day. You heard it in the day how Anakin was there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. If the Lord is with you, he drove out the giant. You could see Caleb. Just think about it. You got Caleb and these, these giants. He's going after them. He's like on a rat, on a dog. He's going after them. He's going to tear them up. And he chased them all the way out. He chased them clear down to the sea. And they had peace. They had peace in the land. It says Hebron, or Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb and the son of Jephunneh for it as an inheritance. Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the kinsmanite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. He followed him with all his heart, not a little bit, but his whole heart. And the name of Hebron formerly was Kirjath Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakin. Then the land had rest from war. He rested from war after that. He took his mountain and his children inherited that mountain. Hebron, it's, it's like a paradise there. But you know what? That wasn't his greatest reward. He got his mountain. But when he passed on, imagine the mountain God gave him then because he wholly followed the Lord. His full reward was in heaven. We're just passing through this. We're just passing through this world. But there was a certain man that came into his life. 
And God sends man to us to change or influence our lives. My life was changed. I had two mighty men that came into my life, Pastor JC and Pastor Corey. They influenced my life to change me that I wholeheartedly follow the Lord. I'm not one foot in, one foot out. I want to be all the way in so I can make a difference. If you'd have seen me 10 years ago, you wouldn't see me here. I'd be the one in the back, you know, don't talk to me. I ain't, I, I, no, don't talk to me. But you know what? Someone changed me, changed me by their influence because I seen something in them that I wanted. I seen there was a difference the way they talk, the way they act. Not just by the way they speak, but the way they walked. And one day I want to be in the influence for somebody else that maybe they see me walking a little bit different. And they say, I want what you got. Well, what I got is the Holy Spirit. I got the Lord. He loves me. He wants, I want to walk boldly. I want to be able to get up here in front and tell you that God's changed my life. And the Holy Spirit flows and dwells within me. But you know, there's a difference. There was five, five cents because there was all 12 of them. They started at the same place. They were all slaves in Egypt. They all seen the 10 plagues. They all seen the Red Sea parted. They all seen the pharaohs keep, get uh, killed in the Red Sea. They seen their water from the rock. They seen meat fed, fed by the birds. But they had something wrong. There was five sins that handed their boldness. If you go to 1 Corinthians 10, 5. It said, Boast, but with most of them, God was not well pleased. For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. So they had five spins. God didn't, wasn't pleased with what most of them had done. And he killed everybody 20 years old and older. The first sin that you see is now these, in, in verse 6, now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after things as they also lusted. They lusted at this. They lusted at, give me this, give me meat, give me that. They were never satisfied with God. They couldn't remember that God brought them out of Egypt, brought them out of bondage. They lusted after sex, food, and power. We see that today. You see it on television, social media. That was the greatest sin right there. That was the first, first of the sin, five of them. In seven it says, do not become idolaters were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. The people of Israel, just, just after they'd gotten free, got across the Red Sea. Moses went up on the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments, but he was there too long. So they convinced Aaron to make a golden calf, and they bowed down and worshipped. They sinned against God. That's, that's one of the Ten Commandments, which they didn't know now, but we know it. 
Well, what are you worshiping? What are you spending your time on? Is it television? Radio? Facebook? Those are idols. If you spend more time in that than you do in the Word of God or talking to God, that's an idol. It goes on to verse 8. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them fell. And when he came down off the mountain, there was a big orgy going on. It's part of the worship of the golden calf. And Moses sent the Levites out, and he killed 23,000 of them with a sword. Because they sinned against God. They sinned against themselves. That was one of the five sins. In verse 9, Nor let us tempt God, Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. God protected them the whole time they were in the desert. God protected them, kept the serpents away. And when God, God took it away, because they didn't do, they kept blaming him. They kept saying, God, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. Why did you do th- th- let this happen? Why did that happen? We have no right to challenge God. We are small. To blame, to, we are too small to blame God for anything. We don't have no reason. But God's wisdom is way beyond our knowledge. God is good and always right. If God says it, it's going to happen. He can't lie. But he loves you. He loved you enough to send his son to die on the cross. Would I don't know that I could do that with my kids. I, I just don't know if I could do that. But he did. We go on to verse 10. It says, nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. It's easy to point a finger and complain and murmur and grumble. As they did, they continually, the entire time they left, from the time they left Egypt, they kept grumbling, complaining. They wanted to go back to Egypt. It's easy to find fault with the church. You blame this or that. But let us keep our personal feelings washed by the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ and keep it on the important things in mind. The important thing is to get people saved. Get them to have a relationship, a one-on-one with God, with Jesus. Because Jesus died for us. He, he sacrificed all for us. But we need to be bold, walking tall in God. It means to serve Him holy. That means to walk absolutely be in obedience. Not 80, not 90, but 100% obedience. Entering, all, entering into all God promised. You is the reward of the bold. Caleb was not an average Israelite. He was born a slave like the rest. He experienced the same things that they had. He was of the same lineage, the same family as they had. Yet he was different because he had a heart after God. And he followed him wholly. He had a different spirit. And an attitude of faith.
Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us here at the River, you can email us at study at riverwc, all one word, dot org. Again, that's email to study at riverwc.org. God bless you.